Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hey everyone, Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. We are back here this September, back to school, back to work, back to reality. And I have super Dave Quinn, CECD, who is the managing partner of Day One Experts and the Texas Economic Development Connection founder with us today. He and his team are now on a mission to help reduce the cost and stress business owners face when relocating or expanding into Texas. By connecting business owners with professional economic developers from across the state, the Texas ED Connection gives business owners access to the resources needed to help minimize the impact on their bottom line. I am so psyched you're here, Dave. Hey, Catherine, thank you so much. I always love our conversation. So I'm very forward look, I'm looking very forward to this conversation. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm very excited. We have a lot of things to talk about. Starting with, first of all, and I'm not, I don't know how in all these years I've known you, I've never asked this question. Why are you super? Hey, well, thank you for that. You know, I started off in college as a, a way to get invited to more parties. I was a bus driver in college. And so I learned pretty quickly about personal branding before personal branding was a thing. And I realized that if people knew your name and, and kind of you were, you know, if you were likable, people would invite you to parties. So I built this whole persona of Super Dave. It was built. Uh, it was based around Super Dave Osborne. David Letterman show was kind of big then, and so to get people to remember who I was, I, I would say, "Oh, it's Dave Quinn, like Super Dave, you know, Super Dave Osborne," and and that was an instant connection. And I realized that I could show up at just about any apartment uh, on my bus route and knock on the door and say, "Hey, it's uh, you know." Who are you? What are you doing? Why do you want to come to the party? And I'm like, I'm Super Dave. And somebody in the apartment complex was like, oh, he's the bus driver. Let him in. And so it started out as that. But now it is something that I tell people it's it's not ego driven. A lot of people think it is that I'm just calling myself super. But honestly, it's a reminder. I read somewhere once about every day we get to decide how we want to show up in the world. We put on personas. Some of us do it by default. We don't even know we're doing it. We just pretend to be the dad that is the grumpy. And and that's because that's what the world expects. And you just sort of fall into that. I decided a long time ago that I wanted to show up as Super Dave. And Super Dave, when I show up at meetings or when I am meeting people, 
you know, if you're known as Super Dave, you can't show up with a lousy attitude. You know, you can't walk into a networking meeting or a, a meeting of any sort and have any sort of negative. You just can't be negative. It forces you to act and be different because no one expects, you know, Super Dave to be like that, right? You've got to be maintain this positive and, and upbeat and, and high energy attitude. It is not easy. And it's, you know, some days I don't want to be Super Dave. And that's why I have the name is because when someone calls me that, it's like a trigger in my head to say, okay, remember, you said this is how you wanted to show up. And so it forces me to be that way. Um, so now it's just a little reminder. And guess what? We all get to show up however we want to. So if you want to be fantastic, whoever, go do that and decide to be that person. No one gets to tell you how you show up. And so uh, you just have to make that intentional decision. So it's a reminder to me to be intentional about how I show up in the world. So thanks for asking about that. I love telling that story because I think it's so important that people take ownership of that and show up how they want to show up. I really, really love that. And one of the things I learned is Amy Cuddy is a person in the world of neuroscience, I guess. And she did a video on TED of how we show up. And one of the things she suggests is if you're feeling like you're not feeling like Super Dave or Super Catherine, to stand in the Wonder Woman pose. And I, at the time, was studying for a licensing exam. And it was very, very hard and very intense. And I remember at one point in the exam, I was just sort of freaking out, really struggling. And I took a you know, rest break, a bio break, and went in the ladies' room and stood there in Wonder Woman pose until I felt like confident enough to go back in and finish the dang exam. And you know what? It works. I did not, pa- I don't know if that was the time I passed or the second time. I don't remember which time I did it because I did take the exam twice, but it really works. And I do this now a lot. I do this before I have a presentation. I'll do it. I start every morning in the shower, I have to say, every morning in the shower, I do Wonder Woman pose to get started for my day. And it's a great way to set your intention. So you have a word, I have a pose. Yeah, well, and I actually do the pose too. I'm a big believer in that. If you ever watch Tony Robbins, you know, it shows what he does before, you know, he goes on stage. It's it's just priming your body for, you know, this changing of physiologically. Mm-hmm. I do it before you know, if I have a sales call or if I have a tough meeting, I know it's going to be challenging. I do that as well. And so, yeah, it's, it's just you kind of design your life around this. Is how I want to show up and you train your body that when this happens, you know, this is how you show up. So that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. It really helped me. And I probably only learned that maybe five, six years ago. And I've been able to impart it to my daughter at a much younger age because you know, it's like a gift. We get to get yes. our kids, which Gosh, kind of naturally leads me to your kids because you're doing all these great. So first of all, you're this amazing leader. And now you're imparting all these words of wisdom with your kids on Instagram in these live videos where I love these, by the way, where you're driving them, I guess now to school. Are y'all back in school in Texas already? Yeah. So we're back in school uh, in real person, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, there's still a, a online if you want to do it. But uh, most everybody, the kids, what I've learned is they really want to be at school. They learned what it was like not to have it. So it's sort of interesting now they really want to go. But uh, yeah, so we call it the morning ride with the Quins. It started when my uh, I was taking two of my kids. Uh, It was grade school and middle school. And my daughter just was, you know, had these great conversations. I've designed my life to be able to take my kids to school. That's one of the perks of being an entrepreneur is, you know, I kind of hold that as a, a special time. 
sometimes I don't get to do it. And it, it you know, I, I don't always get to do it, but when I do, I love it. So we created this morning ride um, and it was really just for friends uh, on Instagram. And, and then COVID happened and my daughter now is in high school. So I don't take her. It's a little different. Um, but my son, who was the quiet one, you know, when he was just him, he didn't really want to do it last year during COVID. And, and but now that he's in middle school, he's like, I guess he's figured out it's kind of cool. And and so, yeah, it's it's fun. We get on there. And I have no idea where it's going to go. I've kind of put it on them to plan it, you know, sort of have ownership like that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, and what's funny is, and I didn't like force them to, I just said, Hey, if you want this to be funnier or you want more people to watch it, it's gotta be interesting. You, how could you do that? Right. And they're, they're doing that themselves. So nice. we love it. You know, and again, it, it's slipping in these little messages and I know that, you know, her friends and his friends are watching. And so again, it's taking that time and making it more valuable and trying to make some small difference in someone's life. And, and, you know, who knows what needs to be said to who at what time. My hope is that it just drip, drip, drip over time. We fill their buckets and, and make you know better humans. And uh, it's our one small way that we can do it. It's about five to seven minutes. Some days it's like what's interesting is some days just aren't their low energy days. And, and the kids are it comes across. And what that does then, too, I think, is says you know, hey, it's the real world. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Um, you don't always feel, but you got to show up. And we we said we we're going to do this. Let's do it. Anyway, it's fun. I love it. It's it's one little moment in time of their lives that I get to to have and feel like I make a little bit of a difference. It's kind of silly. Some days are good. Sometimes are bad, but it's all fun. So do you save them for yourself to have them at a later date? I do. They're They're saved on my phone. Okay. I've now started putting them on like Instagram TV, which again, I don't pay a lot of attention to how all that works, but right. I do. They save to my phone and then those get auto saved to uh, like Gmail, uh, Google. I have a Google account that uploads all the, it's a backup of my phone photos and videos. So yeah, I haven't checked lately to make sure that's working, but I should, that's, that would be good. At some point that's going to be gold, right? Like, you know, 20 years from now, I'm showing the grandkids. This is what your dad was like in middle school. Don't let him tell you he was cool, you know, or. Oh my goodness. Oh no, don't do that. Don't do that. That's too funny. So my daughter is 16 and in Connecticut, that means she's got her learner's permit. Okay. Learning how to drive. So her first, when she was in middle school and we had moved up here, she would take the bus in the mornings and I would pick her up in the afternoons. And then as um, she went into high school, she just takes the bus and it's a mild school. So it's not far at all. Right. But it's kind of a pain in the neck. You got to sit in the line and, you know, yeah. people and you got to get there early. And she needs now to be getting hours in for driving. So suddenly mom's going to be back to driving her to school. But of course, she'll be driving. Oh, is that terrifying for you? No, you know, good? Is she good? He's, he's a solid driver. She's okay. um, not in a big hurry to, you know, do highway driving. Right. But she's got about 12 hours under her belt and she's okay. getting it. She's getting there. Right. I think I'm less stressed out about it. We went up to uh, my sister-in-law's, my poor husband. Sorry, honey. He was in the back seat, and I had told him, you can't say a word. You, oh, no, that's tough. You get, <laughs> and the whole time, you know, like, you're not helping. Right. That sounds like our family. Less. That's my wife is the one, uh, our daughter's 15 and that's learner's permit. And yeah. she doesn't have the hours yet. She's just getting started. And yeah. the first session I took was, it did not go well. It ended in tears. Both Aww. of us frustrated. And 
I'm not going to drive. I don't want to drive. Never mind. I don't want my license. And now it's kind of circled back to where my wife has coaxed her back into the car. We're going to get this. It's fine. You can't go anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I tried. I really did. I tried. I might have said something similar. <laughs> I was kind of like, no, you got to. And it's hard. It is really hard. I really and challenged by it, but mm-hmm. it's, I think one of the great things about kids, and I'm sure you're seeing this too, and I only have the one, but still, is they give you a chance to make yourself better. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You become yeah. a better Lots human. Lots of opportunity to improve, right? Right. And, you know, I mean, I remember when she was a baby, this is nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, but I can't resist the story. She was a baby and I had said the S word in front of her quite inadvertently. I had a bowl of oatmeal you know how oatmeal is very sticky very messy whatever and it slipped out of my hands and cracked on the brick floor uh, because we had a brick floor in our kitchen and it was everywhere this huge and I went oh right (laughs) and she was a baby but she was talking and so every time she would drop a sippy cup or a toy (laughs) in perfect contest context right because she this is what you say when you drop something mommy said that when you drop something right And I remember being with my design friends. I was in design school at the time and saying, I'm really in a jam here. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. And one of the gals said, well, if you don't want your kid to swear, then you can't swear. And I said, oh, really? Really? That's that's how this (laughs) is going to go? She said, yes. And she said, so what you have to do is you have to say very relaxed, very in it without any big drama behind it. I know there's a word for that. I lost the word. Oh, we don't use that word in our family. The next time she says it, well, I couldn't do it right away because I couldn't say it with a straight face because I knew that I was guilty as charged, right? (laughs) So I had to clean up my act over the next like four, five, six weeks until finally one day, just very casually, that's the word, very casually just said, oh, honey, we don't use that word in this family. You know, if you drop something, you say, oops, or whatever I said. And that ended that. Let's replace it with this word. And that ended that. And it was great. And we went on a good ride till about 12, at which juncture I said, you know, (laughs) she's she already knows. <laughs> I'm not going to get too upset about this. My husband is still really hardcore. He doesn't think we should swear in front of her. My belief system is she understands the time. She understands the place. She recognizes this isn't something we say in front of grandma. Right. You know, yeah. We don't Read have to room, pepper right? our sentences. Like you know, we can use other words. We don't yeah. need to pepper our sentences with just filler, you know. Right. But we laugh because sometimes she'd be like, well, can I say a swear here? And I'm like, I don't flipping care because <laughs> I don't. It doesn't <laughs> language to me is a way of expressing yourself and it doesn't stick to me. I don't find it offensive. However, right. I do recognize there are many people who do find it offensive. And so, yeah, I'm, well, that's, you and know, that's I'm, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very similar in that, you know, we don't, our kids are, well, for a long time, our kids thought the S word was stupid. We like, we don't say stupid in oh, our I house. I hate like, that word. word. I hate that worse, word worse than the other S word. Right. And, and what's funny is about that, we were just talking about this with friends that, some little kid said that and the our kid told on him and said, oh, he said the S word. And the mom was like, oh, I'm like, oh the S word in our house is stupid. It's OK. <laughs> <laughs> she was about to get this kid in trouble because uh, oh, you know, the mom thought he said something. But anyway, yeah, that's it doesn't. I grew up with a dad who, you know, cussed like a sailor. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But some years it does. It kind of turns them off. So I get it. But uh, it is challenging when your kids, especially for me, who's always telling people, you know, to be positive and, and all, you know, always 
then I'm not always at home that way, right? So it's obviously I, I do as best I can, but my kids throw stuff that I've said back at me. <laughs> I get the I get the opportunity to eat my words that I have, uh, you know, said to them on occasion. So no I idea what you're that. talking about, Dave. I'm I'm the super parent. <laughs> I get that. Not, yeah. not. Oh, goodness gracious. They're great. Kids are great. So in all seriousness, let's talk about business a little bit here. Because okay. I want to talk about day one and how you're one of the things I love about your website is the first thing you say is you all came up with this idea on a napkin while eating barbecue. I'm a big barbecue fan. And actually, one of the people I mastermind with, we go for barbecue and mastermind. So I'm right there with you Sweet. on that. That's our barbecue isn't quite as good as Texas, but that's a whole other story. Well, and it was a really cool, it, it's a cool story. We, we, the partners, uh, we found ourselves working together a lot, just organically, inadvertently, like the guy was kept asking us for help. And, and so then we just decided to meet, Hey, let's go to lunch. And, and we went to a local barbecue place that my boss at the time had recruited to Texas. So it was kind of cool. Like he recruited it to the town. And so we're like, we'll go in and just kind of casually. And, and as we sit down and started talking, you know, we just literally, it was butcher paper in Texas weed off butcher paper in, in barbecue places. And, yep. you know, it was kind of greasy stained, whatever. It was, it was really kind of cool because in the moment I was thinking, this is like the Herb Kelleher, uh, you know, Southwest Airlines story. Like it's not a napkin on a plane, but it's kind of cool, you know. And so, yeah, what we did was uh, talk through just there was a hole in the marketplace where people needed expertise or relationships that they didn't have at specific moments. And they didn't have the time or money to try to wait for those to get that experience or to get those relationships. And we had them so we could leverage it. And, you know, the concept of day one was you can have success from day one, right? Like, it's like, you don't have to wait and try to go. If you want to build a multifamily mixed use hotel project in your city, you know, there's a set of knowledge and people you need to know to do that. And you might not have the time to do that. You've always been maybe an industrial expert or whatever. So you can hire us. We can come in on the backside, help you connect, build the project out. And then we're gone you know, you've bought the experience and the knowledge you needed when you needed it. So it's sort of this on-demand pinpoint. And that was the concept. And we also had a lot of relationships from our work in Frisco and, and a lot of high net worth individuals that were looking for good projects to put on the ground or to invest in. So we took the public side of the city that, you know, was the place. Then we took the developer that had the project and needed a place and also needed money. And then we added in the high net worth individuals that we have connections with. And so there's this sweet spot right in the middle of all three of those that we play in. And so, you know, we work for the public side and we have cities that we represent. And then we also have the private side where they know they need somebody to help them get a partnership with the city, but they don't understand how to structure it. And they don't understand how to say it so that the city understands their value. Um, the public side and the private side speak very different languages. Right. And if you don't, start the conversation right, you can really set back your project. And again, it's all about having success from day one, which is go in with, you know, with your terminology and everything like it should be so that your partners understand it. And we speak both sides. So a lot of times cities have a project they want to happen, but they don't know how to convey the value to a developer in a way that makes sense for the developer. Mm. We have that expertise as well. They tell us what they're looking for. They describe their project. They create the vision. And then we go to our partners on the, the private side 
and really look for the right partner. And then we work with them to get it just like the city wants it. And then we walk it back to the city. And again, that's where sort of the magic happens. And then once that gets kind of done, it always comes back to how do we, okay, how do we pay for this? You know, like, uh, you know, the developer usually has a little bit of money. The city has some money, but we need some capital. And so then we put it out to our network and, and people just know that we have access to really good projects that are what we call off the book. They're not retail, that nobody knows about them yet. Right. And so we get the opportunity to show a lot of our partners uh, projects that are in the works before they kind of hit the street. And that obviously is an advantage uh, if you're investing capital. So it's a really cool space. We've been blessed from the beginning. Uh, we started that. In, that was in 2018 at Christmas. We started the business in 2019, like two weeks later, formed. And you know we've been off and running ever since. And uh, we sort of, three partners all have different spaces that we play in, but they all come tie back together. And so, like I said, we're a small business growing into it. So our websites, you know, it was handmade on Wix. I, it's organic. We're getting ready to have a new one. And, and, you know, it's been three years in the making and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to have a professional have designed it. Nice. So anyway, lots of cool stuff, but that is the story. It was, you know, done at a barbecue place that one of my partners actually recruited to town. And, you know, it's quintessential Texas, right? Like where else would a business be born, but at a barbecue place. So I love it. I love it. What's your favorite Texas barbecue? Oh, now see, that's, that's hard because it's regional, right? So because yeah. they're the local. So here in town, Hutchinson barbecue is by far my favorite. Uh, but down in uh, central Texas, it's Southside barbecue, Southside market and barbecue. They were actually the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. Uh, south side and so you and actually you can get them online they sell it's cool you know they they have a good online presence and they were on a tv show yeah they have what is that q something or whatever yeah so you can get so what's funny about that is i know the owners the armadillo egg things i think i don't remember what they call them i think they call them something like that but that's what they sell is like bacon wrapped jalapeno with cream cheese it's phenomenal with sausage in it but before they sold that, the year before, we, we go to the Frio River every year. And so they brought some and said, hey, this is a new product we're thinking you guys got to. So we got to try it a year before it went on QVC. Wow. The following year, they didn't make the trip because they were literally filming QVC. It was like the debut of the show. It was anyway, it's kind of phenomenal. But that's my Central Texas uh, barbecue, those two. So but unfortunately, they're not up in up in my area yet. So I just have to order them online every now and then. So in during this pandemic. Are you doing everything online for Texas or are you making your way around this sizable state? I mean, you practically yeah, have to fly so, from one end to the other. Yes. So I always, you know, I, have, I feel somewhat guilty because COVID in that way has been good for our business because it was such a, it's a relationship business anyway. Yeah. But a lot of people wanted you in their room, even for like a 30 minute or an hour long meeting. Well, Golly, you're eight hours across the state. That's a long trip for one hour meeting, but hey, that's the business. You got to do it. Um, and with you know the planes and stuff, it's doable. But with COVID, obviously everybody then they had to upgrade their infrastructure to allow you know Zoom to happen, right? And whatever platform. And then it also forced them to get over the uncomfortableness. So it wasn't necessarily about you know the setup or the infrastructure. It was being on camera is kind of awkward and I don't know if I can do it right. And it was always easier to just say, no, you got to be here. And and Suddenly, we've always done it this way. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be, but then it happened. And what we found is that like, now we can actually do board meetings and we don't have to be there. Right. 
eight wow. people we can do that. And so it's sort of eased that for us. It's, you know, I drive a lot less, fewer miles on my car and, you know, I don't buy as many plane tickets, but we are back in, in real person. You know, the Delta variant has thrown us a little bit of a curve. You know, it depends on where you are that, you know, if you're back or not, but in Texas, we tend to be like, we're, man, we're going to make, <laughs> we're going for it. So, you know, right or wrong, that's what, what's happening. And, you know, so we're, we're still kind of in person. Right. Like I said, our business is very relational and we realize that we're okay with doing business virtually. We do at some point want to still get together. And so uh, we're seeing a lot more in-person stuff. And um, I was actually this week at a networking event. It was outdoors, but um, it was a networking event. And and people are just like, I don't care. It's 30 miles away. It's 100 degrees outside, but by gosh, I'm going and we're going to be there. And everybody's like pouring sweat. Yeah, I was like craving connection. I mean, last night we went to a brewery with my Toastmasters group. And for people who don't know what Toastmasters is, it's a public speaking group. Mm -hmm. And we haven't been able to get together. We've been online since March 2020. So none of us have really here and there are one or two, but really not a group thing. And last night, I think there were eight or nine of us. And we all sat at the brewery and had this great time. And really didn't talk business at all. We just had this wonderful connection. And and we had the two Toastmasters group come together to do this brewery night. And we had so much fun. We got to know the owner of the brewery. And now guess what we're doing? Going back. I was going to say, probably doing do another again. night. You know, <laughs> the, the, man, the manager, excuse me, the owner can't wait for us to come back. He was all enthusiastic. You know, we had a whole group of new people that had never been there before. Yeah. And, and we're going to get a tour. And just enjoy a local business and support a local business, right? How great is that? Because right. it's completely local. And have some fun and get to know one another. Yeah, I think that's, you know, we, it is something, there's just something about the energy. This is great and this is awesome. But can you imagine if we were sitting across from each other doing this, right? It's just, there's a little bit more amplification of that energy. And, and I think people really got a chance I think going into COVID, there were probably people that are like, man, I'd be okay if I didn't see anybody ever again, you know? And, and then all of a sudden you're like, I didn't mean to say that. Take it back. I take it back. I didn't mean right. that. I didn't mean that. Because yeah, we just, you know, to be able to connect with people and feel like you're part of something larger than yourself is hard to do digitally. I mean, it, we're yeah. blessed that we had this opportunity to, can you imagine if this was, you know, 20 years ago and you didn't have this? I can't imagine the, you know, the stress that would have caused. At least you had this platform. But yeah, so I think we really learned a lesson that human touches and human interaction is very important to people. Absolutely. And one of the things that I, the other blessing that comes out of this is that I now know my neighbors. You're right. Because you really couldn't talk to anybody else, really couldn't go anywhere, you couldn't do anything. So, you know, I'd be out taking my power walks every morning, which I do. I haven't yeah. been right now because this whole ankle thing that I've got injured ankles. But when I was doing that, you know, people were craving connection, right? So you'd stand across the street talking to a neighbor, get to know them, know their names, know what was going on. We lost electricity last summer at some point. And it was talking to one of those neighbors that was going by. And she said, yeah, I'm going to the store and this and that. And she's like, do you need anything? And I thought, I barely knew this neighbor except for a hi, right? And right. I said, Actually, yeah, I need some ice for my freezer. <laughs> That is awesome. She brought me back. She and she found out a couple other neighbors needed it too. And she brought like bags of ice. That and is so awesome. Five dollar bill for the ice, and she's like not taking it. And and it was just great. And then 
I had accidentally overbought kale at the farmer's market last week. I don't know how, just one of those things. And I ended up seeing a neighbor and they had just come back from traveling. And I said, I bought too much kale. Do you like kale? He's like, yeah, that'd be great. We don't have a vegetable for dinner tonight. We just got back. <laughs> and it's these, these connections that I didn't have before that are so meaningful. And, and now, you know, like people are like, oh, we know you. We're watching your house a little bit. We're watching what's going right. on, you know, it's and a little bit different connection, right? It's really nice. You know, we found out that my daughter's Spanish teacher's parents, so the grandparents or whatever, they live across the street from us. <laughs> that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't. <laughs> so, you know, then Halloween came and we left the candy out and we were nervous about really being out there. Yeah. So we left it outside. We set up a table and, and a lot of people in the neighborhood did exactly this. And, you know, so just take one or whatever. And since I knew this about the family, I went over, saw the grandparents and just handed in two bags and, you know, I've got my mask on and I'm leaning over and I'm like, <laughs> these are for the kids. They're like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you. So it's just so nice. And it's, uh, I think, you know, and the reason I bring all this up is because we you're talking about community and you're talking about interconnecting the public world and the private world, specifically in your case in Texas, but this could be done anywhere yeah. and having this intersection of these things. And that is all about who you know and how you put something together. So it's not just brain expertise, it's connection, it's emotion, it's it's leadership. You know, I'm going all the way back to leadership where we started, wow. right? And one of the things you talked about doing is they're the host of this podcast called Getting Neighborly. And I love this because, well, I guess if I can explain this correctly and you could fix it for me, you're showcasing local people, mm -hmm. you know, the real people who are in your neighborhood. I want to sing. I want to sing, you know, people in your neighborhood, but I'm going to spare everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, in economic development, what happens a lot of times is we think that it's the buildings and the infrastructure and the roads and the libraries and the, all the stuff we have to build to attract, you know, new companies or investment. And we get this mindset of it's a city trying to attract a company, but honestly, it's a person at that company that's making the decision, right? It's not the company. It's a founder. It's a CEO. It's someone or a group of people. And that's key. It's people. It's not a, you know, this nebulous company. It's a person making a decision. And so what we have done is, and we promote for our clients podcast. So we have two, uh, one that I host and then one that we actually have a third party host, but it's called uh, The Heart of Melissa. Same concept in every community, but they have a different flavor a little bit. It's matched to the community, but getting neighborly in Fairview is all about the residents who live in Fairview. And it's the high net worth, sort of almost retirement type community. These people are typically, you know, in their fifties and sixties, but they have done incredible things. And so it's sort of this place. And, and that's who we're actually after, right? Is the business owner who kind of fits that and who would might want to live in a place. So what we said was, let's turn the light on the people who make Fairview so special. And, and so we just sit down and start in, interviewing neighbors. And that was the thing is the whole concept is, is if we were sitting on the front porch in rocking chairs or, you know, in a backyard barbecue and, and we just met, tell me your story. And through that story, we never say, you know, it, it's not about why do you love Fairview? Why do you live here? Why did you? It's just tell me your story. And we get really curious about that person. Mm. What is it you're doing? What we found is we have incredible people that are changing the world in so many different ways. 
through their companies and through giving back and through what they do. And they are just this incredible treasure trove of human people that live in our community that before the economic developer would never really, again, not have connected with because a lot of them don't even work in Fairview. They're doing stuff outside the community, but they're in Fairview. And they all have this thread. What's been awesome to listen to is a lot of them talk about how, you know, they're in this urban environment, but Fairview has this sort of large lot residential, like one, two, five acre lots. And so it's kind of this country place in the middle of all of this urban environment. Mm. And they all talk about that. They say, you know, when we cross the road or when we cross the highway, we can just like our, our heartbeat goes down like 20, you know, beats or whatever. It's just like this relaxing place. And that's what we love. Yet we get all the, the advantages of, you know, living there. And so that's the concept. That is what sells your community. It's not about, you know, the, you need all of those other things to make it a good place to live. But I just don't think it's the brick and mortar that makes it a place, right? Like without, well, one thing we've learned is in COVID, just like we're talking about is, you know, the, the city streets were empty and, and the buildings are empty. It builds cold and in, it, without the human, there's no energy, right? So that's what we're doing through our podcast is showcasing the human story. We're doing the same thing on a statewide level where I have a podcast called Gone to Texas. And we interview people who have made the move to Texas. And it's it's not about, again, it's not why Texas is better than this state or that state. It's not about bashing other states. It's simply, tell me your story. Why did you feel the need to be here? What has it been like? Good and bad. We don't try to hide from, you know, if they've had a bad experience. Well, again, it's about connecting with people and they they will walk away from the show with, oh, that's that's interesting. I didn't know that, right? Like, and what we find is that there's a lot of preconceptions about things and that's what they had coming in. And then, then we get to hear their story of when they got here, what they've learned since, what they like about it. And what we hope is that, you know, there's some other business person out there. Again, I'm not trying to convince people to move to Texas. What we do is connect people who've already made that decision. Right. You know, if you want to be in Texas, awesome. We're going to help you get here. It's not about trying to force you or, you know, convince you that you, where you're at is a bad place. We're helping people who are looking, right? So Texas, as you said, is a big state. And the decision to live in one metroplex over another, or even within two different cities in the same metroplex that could be right next door to each other, could mean literally tens of thousands of dollars to the company if they decide one place over the other. Well, how do you sort through that? Well, you have to Google and then you got to go to websites and you're trying to compare stuff. And it's just a complex thing. And if you're a business owner, you're already stressed because you're moving your people. You're you're making a move to an unknown place a lot of times. Is this going to be good? What's it going to be like? There's a list, a thousand things long that you have to worry about. What we're trying to do, what we're doing, I'm sorry, is just alleviating some of that where we are letting you compare multiple cities with one phone call. So we're, we're connecting you to the people. That's our job is to help you get through that process. And we're helping you connect to those people. And, you know, you, you can call us and with one phone call, you may get 15 or 20 different offers of assistance. And now you could have spent hours, days, weeks trying to figure that out. We do that over a two-week period. You get it back and you can sort through and then you start the process. So you can start to whittle it down and, and it just saves you time and money. Yeah. And, but most of all, it's stress, right? Because one thing I've talked to all these different owners is, and then, you know, as a small business owner, 
it's stressful just day to day. Oh, yeah. Now pick, you know, imagine picking up something where you've been at something 20 years in a location and you're either moving it or you're starting a second one. So now you got two things you got to worry about. Yeah. We're doing our best to eliminate that stress and just make it a little bit faster. It's about making those connections. And again, human to human, right? We want you to get in touch with, you know, the Susan Cates and the Janice Crawleys of the world who, when they take you on or when they start to talk to you, they will treat you like family and help you in any way they can. And whether or not you choose them or not, they're going to do their best. But if you don't know that, you know, you don't know them. And so you, but if you know me, I can help you know them. And so that's kind of the concept. But again, it's all back to how do we connect with people and humanize the business of what we're doing. It's easy to get lost in the big numbers and and that sort of thing. But on the small business side of it, I mean, like 99% of the business in the country is small business, right? Less than, forget the number, less than 500 people. So there's lots of small businesses and uh, Texas, obviously, we're, we, we're fortunate to have a good op, a good environment for some folks and we just plan our role where we can. I love it. I hate to do this, but believe it or not, we're wrapping up. So oh my gosh, I, no, I told you it was going to fly and we could talk all day. I know that. Right. Do you have a favorite productivity tool or a strategy that you could share with all the fine folks who listen? I do. I have something is so simple. And I it's um it back to like this acting in default a lot. But on my phone, I have several sh- keyboard shortcuts. If you think about how many times a day you say thank you or for me, it's yes, ma'am. So my wife, I have one that says I can just type in YM and it comes across yes, ma'am. But thank you. My email addresses, you know, I give people always ask, what's your email address? And I, instead of typing it out, I have two letters I can hit and it just goes, you know, it, it self fills. And that seems like such a small, silly thing that oh, you know, it's been around forever. But just take a day or two and write down the second time you type something, you're like, I've typed that already today. And you just write that down. If you do that for 24 or 48 hours, you'll figure out real quick man, I say that a lot. And that's like seven letters or 12 letters. And when you're typing it and you're on the go, it's, you know, it doesn't seem like much, but you add that up over time. And it's a huge amount of time. The first time you do it, you're like, whoa, that was cool. If you post to social media a lot, I do. Obviously, I'm a power user on all the different platforms. So you can create hashtags. So like you use the same hashtags for your business and you want everyone posted that. So I've got, you know, around mindset, I do like three letters and I get like four or five different hashtags around mindset. So those are really life-saving tips for me, which sounds really crazy. But if you think about your most valuable resource is time. Oh, amen. Your phone is already built to do it. I think every phone probably has that capability to do this text replacement. Wow. It is so valuable and it's so simple. And you can I do never it do that. And I swear it's the next thing I'm going to do after we hang I'm up. Telling you, I'm once you start, once you start, you will be looking like, okay, I'm going to use that. You know, I'm going to, you, you'll start to pay attention. Now you're like, God, these are a lot of numbers and text I'm doing. Right. Can I get the shortcut? The trick is to make it a combination, one that you can remember. Right. And one that's not part of a word already, because I did that once and and I forget what three letter combination was, but it was the start of another word. So right. anytime I try to use that word, I ended up with something that was totally random. And the person was like, what? I don't get what you just sent. 
right? Oh, that's funny. But you get some of them automatically in the phone. So like when you're also on email, I love that, that they'll say like, great. Yeah, yeah. So the AI is getting much better at like learning yeah. that for sure. And so it's it's evolution. But yeah, I, that I've been doing that for years and it is a lifesaver. That is really, I, that, I would say that makes you pretty super. <laughs> Just that alone. Uh, oh, that's awesome. I uh, was so grateful you're here. Please tell people how they can find you. The best place to look for me, you can Google Dave Quinn 247 and I will pop up. 247 is 24-7. Again, back yep. to I am who I am 24-7. I'm not going to be any different on Sunday than I am on Monday. So 24-7. Or you can go to d1experts.com. So the letter D, the number one, experts.com is my website. Um, you can find me there, but really LinkedIn is the best place you want to, uh, I'm power user on LinkedIn, love to connect. I believe in the power of connection and solving problems and helping people, even if it's outside of my realm of reason, but a lot of times you'll be surprised that, you know, somebody's looking for an interior design or a coach for this. And, and they're like, do you know somebody? And, and totally random. Yes. I actually have someone in Connecticut that knows how to do that. Let me connect you. Right. So well, and it's and it, it that just happened for me. Someone said you have someone who can speak on productivity, and this person who I didn't even really knew know that they knew about what I do is like, oh yeah, I've got your productivity person for you. And she and I chatted, and for she's doing three panels. One of them I'm really good for, and she's talking more and more. And I said the second one and the other two, I'm not the perfect fit. Right. And I said, but I know people, so now I'm exactly. going to help you find the perfect fit. Right. It's the and power how fun of the is that, right? right? It is. It's awesome and so much fun. I get a lot of joy out of what I always tell people. Yeah, I see people on parallel paths, and when I can bend them and they touch, mm. and there's a little explosion, that makes me heart happy. I, I love those moments, and they'll they'll come back. Somebody will come back and say, "Man, that guy, we really did this thing," and and ah, oh, man, those are the best. So, I love it. I love it. Thank you again. I'm going to bid you adieu. I will make sure that in the show notes, people can reach you. I'll put those two things in the show notes. And um, thanks so much for coming on. Everything's bigger and better in Texas. Uh, You know what? I just forgot, Abram. This just to me, I just did this. Another productivity hack for LinkedIn. You can go to superdavequinn.com and it'll take you right to my LinkedIn profile. I just bought that URL. Love it. Why did I even think about that? Superdavequinn.com. It goes right to my LinkedIn profile. So Dave, I did, and I learned this through a sales coach, callwithcatherine.com, and then people can schedule time with me. Are you talking about Ellie? Oh, uh, no, someone else. Isn't okay. that the greatest though? Ellie did that too. That uh, is so awesome. Liz, yes. Liz Detterer taught me that. Okay. And I went and looked and it was available and I bought that URL and it's like, oh, how do I reach you? Oh, callwithcatherine.com. Boom. I don't have to do anything except now I, I need it. to make that a shortcut on my phone. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it. Awesome. I love it. I love it too. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate appreciate it. Take care now. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Catherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.